Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by Two United Fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Nutch. And I'm Colin. This week, we bring you a late night edition of We Call It Soccer with Dax to Chicago, Bicycles vs. Scorpions, and the new test for U.S. citizenship. I think this is the latest that we've recorded an episode of this podcast, yeah? I'm pretty sure, yeah. You're not nodding off. No. The first time we no. tried to record this, you were yawning, and now you're nodding off. Jesus. No, I'm... What? Welcome to Retail Sat. We did that already. I'm just going to drink my beer and stay awake. Oh, my God. It's our, co- it's our coffee beer. It'll I, be okay. If it wasn't a coffee beer, I'd say, you need to cut yourself off right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just about to give him a compliment, too, and be like, you have impeccable taste in television. I do share have, so much of it. I do have <laughs> impeccable taste in television. We found that out before already notes that you and I both like uh, Chuck and How Much Your Mother and 30 Rock and all TV shows from like six or seven years ago. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. What yeah. kind of TV shows do you like, Colin? Um, I actually do like a lot of the same shows, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, um, kind of that like that post must-see TV, NBC Thursday night, where it started to get a little bit weirder, like The Office, 30 Rock, that era. Um, and I'm an irrepressible West Wing fan. Yeah. Oh, oh such a great show. I know. Such a great show. I'm, I'm re-watching for like the seven millionth time. I'm in the fourth season right now. And uh, it, it's crazy. Yeah. my, I think I've stopped on my rewatch like three episodes into season five. I should also mention, speaking of TV shows, we did actually recently re- record the first episode of our Star Trek Voyager weekly, as yet unnamed podcast, where we go through Star Trek Voyager two episodes at a time. So if you are somebody who would love to catch a little bit of Trekkie fever when that podcast does come out sometime in 2032, <laughs> do go and listen to it. Uh, but anyway, for now, we should get started and cracking on our soccer news because this is going to be a long show. We've got a new segment coming up where we analyze soccer from a different country each week. Really quick, give you a quick overview of how the league structure is, a little bit about the national team. Caleb's going to do that right after our break. He's got a great segment name for it, too. Oh, I think I've got a sound cue probably for yeah. it as well. So we, yeah, we'll try I, to do that. I put in the notes, so... One segment that I struggle to think of a sound cue for every week is our major listing service segment where we cover MLS and the best houses for sale in our neighborhoods. You should just go with a doorbell at this point. That's actually not a bad idea. (laughs) Let's try that again. (laughs) We're going to go into our first segment of this week, the major listing service, where we talk about MLS (laughs) soccer. (laughs) So what happened in MLS this week, guys? Um, Well... There were four rounds of player conscription uh, because we had the MLS Super Draft. Um, Top six picks, Abu Dunlady to Minnesota United, Miles Robinson to Atlanta. Um, NYCFC had a blockbuster trade, mainly because it was the first trade ever where they actually talked about allocation money. Well, they gave amounts. Yeah, they gave the amounts. Um, So... They they basically bought a pick for two hundred fifty thousand Garber bucks and picked Jonathan Lewis, um, Jeremy Ababasi. We we struggled so long to figure out how he actually says his last name, um, just for him to go to Portland. Um, <laughs> Lalas Abubakar, who 
potentially will become the second greatest lawless ever in MLS. I'm just saying, he missed a huge opportunity by not dyeing his hair red, growing a red goatee, and then coming on stage and saying, Alexi was the first, I will be the second. That's a lot of hair dye he'd have to use, though. Yeah. (laughs) He'd probably have to bleach it first and then dye it red. It's a lot of work. Moving on. Um, (laughs) Jackson Ewell was the sixth pick. Jackson Um, Ewell has much lighter hair. Yes, yes, he does. He <laughs> he, does. he could totally pull off the the bleach platinum so, blood. So, out of these guys, I mean, Dunlady will get to in a second. But who are who do we think is gonna be great? Um, I think uh, I think Miles Robinson has this potential to be a very solid center back throughout the years. Uh, reminds you of uh, Chad Marshall, just an MLS journeyman, always solid defender of the year, a couple of years in the future. Beyond that, I think when you're looking for real greatness out of the MLS Super Draft, you're probably looking in the wrong place. A lot of these players, if they were as good as they could possibly be, they'd probably already be on homegrown contracts. Um, you're seeing that with Ian Harks, who went to, to Wake Forest. Um, he won the Herman Award this year. Won the Herman Award and um, has apparently signed a uh, homegrown deal with DC United. Yeah. So a lot of these guys, if they're draft eligible, chances are it's because they slipped through the cracks a little bit. I think these, especially these top six guys, you probably even, maybe even go to top 10 in this draft, have the potential to become MLS stars. Um, Ibabasi, is that how you say it? Ibabasi, Let's go with it. Uh, sure. Danladi and Robinson and Yule. Could did so did that they go overseas, but I think Yul's also said that he might want to go overseas in the future. Mm-hmm. I think these top picks have the potential to get that uh get that good, I guess, is for lack of yeah. a better phrase. Yeah, you are still definitely talking about prospects. You know, yeah, none yeah. of these guys are over age twenty two. So I, I drove home from this watch party and when I got back there was a whole bunch of Twitter talk about a speech that was given by a guy who was picked by Red Bull New York, Zika Lewis. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what happened here. So basically, he slipped to, was it the 17th or 18th pick? One of, kind of a later first round. And um, as is customary in the MLS Super Draft, everybody gives a speech, which mm-hmm. is weird and awkward. <laughs> and but, awesome. Like, <laughs> I well, love in, it so much. In, there's in no Zico. orchestra playing them off. That I don't, That is the only like thing I miss. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Zeka Lewis basically said something to the effect of, I want to prove every single one of you wrong for not <laughs> picking me. <laughs> and, like, and there was a guy who, who did a supercut with uh, scenes from Independence Day's final speech from the president with like people saluting him at the end, and, like <laughs> F-16 fighters and stuff. It was great. Uh, so so th- that one, and then the other one I really like was Shamit Shom, who, again, was a Generation Adidas Canada guy, but he slipped into the, I think, midway through the second round. Uh, late the 41st the, pick. Yeah. Yeah, which was really By sad. Montreal? Yeah, I, I think he's he's better than that, and I I would have actually liked to see Minnesota United snap this guy up. He's played at the professional level, but anyway, that being beyond the point, when he goes up on stage, he uses the word "ass" in his speech, like he's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and the funniest thing to me was like it, he realized it and he like corrected himself, and he's like kick butt or something like that. And then the MLS account actually like tweeted out his little like 
mistake with the uh, a laughing emoji and the, and the word like uh, language. So I thought that, I thought it was kind of good sport on MLS's part not to give him too much crap for it. He he won't be fined yet. It, it's yeah. funny that they didn't give him that much crap because that that's what an ass is for. <laughs> Man, it is late. <laughs> I thought that joke was hilarious. That's how late it was. I'll just say one final thing about uh, this whole allocation money, knowing the amounts thing. When the when the first trade was announced with Don Garber saying the words $250,000, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And then I realized we've been talking this whole time about millions and billions and millions of dollars in deals. And it's just that we haven't heard any of this in the context of MLS. So now we're like, oh my God, that's a lot of money, man. <laughs> well, in Europe, that would that would buy you like a block of Frenchies. A block of Frenchies and a washer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a bunch <clears throat> of weird stuff happening at Red Bull New York, actually. There seem to be journalists tweeting all sorts of stuff, like sources telling me that Jesse Marsh off to Red Bull Salzburg. Sources telling me that Ali Curtis off. Then the team has always come out after each of these rumors and said, no, no, Jesse Marsh isn't going to Red Bull Salzburg. He's never supposed to do that. And then today they came out and says, no, no, Ali Curtis is still in his job. It's going to be just fine, guys. But where are all of these like rumors and sources getting their information? I don't know. Yeah. From um, sources, I guess. <laughs> and they just uh, traded their captain to Chicago for 400000 I think, general allocation bucks yeah. money. But, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not GAM anymore. It's GAB. <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, but they traded with their captain for $400,000. And why? He was doing really well for them and yeah. the fans are not happy with this organization right now. I looked at the Instagram comments like Instagram is the last place to expect like comments let alone angry comments and it's like all the MLS posts about Dax McCarty are like getting traded are filled with like like really salty Red Bull fans. It's ridiculous. I mean but it doesn't make any sense why they got rid of him. Yeah I mean you could say that they've got a couple of really strong central midfield prospects coming through um, you could say that $400,000 is a pretty solid deal, even for a, you know, right around his prime, very, very good MLS player. Um, Chicago, I think, got away with murder on this one. I yeah, think that's if he was a available fantastic for, deal for them. If he was available for $400,000, why didn't Minnesota take him? <laughs> <laughs> He's right there, Minnesota. Just hate that. Manny Lagos is basically Scrooge McDuck diving into his giant pile of doubloons. So why didn't he go giant for this? Giant pile of Garber bucks. There was actually a second trade that uh, made fans <clears throat> of the team where the player left really angry, which was AJ De La Garza going to Houston. In the middle of the Super Draft, by the way, this trade was announced. And again, it was like basically a sea of really angry LA Galaxy fans wondering, what the hell? Well, they had nothing else to be angry about because they had no Super Draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> so... AJ was traded and the, for was it a uh, hundred seventy five thousand? Yes, around split, that. Yeah, split between Tam and Gam. Yeah, and they're expected to use that for uh, Jermaine Jones to sign Jermaine Jones. Jermaine, and LA fans are still not happy about that. They see AJ Del Darza as a better pro, better player mm-hmm. right now than Jermaine Jones, and I kind of have to agree with them. In both of these trades, I think the thing for me is 
these are players who had more than just what they were giving on the pitch. There was a certain amount of like fan capital. This is like the same like Ramirez Ibarra stuff, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, we don't know what Ramirez and Ibarra are going to do on the pitch uh, for sure. Like they could blow us all away. But I think the, the, a lot of their worth also comes from the fact that there are guys. Exactly. And, and yeah. Dax, more so than AJ, but still, they, they these were their team's guys. And now they're gone. And their fans are like looking for inspiration somewhere else. And it, it's just weird, you know, to see that happen. And I, it might not be too long until we see that happen to one of our guys. Yeah, if it scares me. Ramirez or Ibarra or Davis or Vanegas, one of those uh, guys. We joked about this, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> Ibarra going to Real Salt Lake. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, uh, someone who will actually not be going to any teams is Hercules Gomez, who after what seemed like ages of uh, deciding whether or not to come back to MLS, decided to finally actually come back, was at the Sounders last year and retired to become an ESPN analyst today. Yeah, good for him. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Well, with that, we should move on to our next segment. Loon monitoring. <laughs> I do like that accent. It I is really very nice. Yeah, it's, it is growing on me. Yeah. So put on your DNR badges, everybody, because we're sneaking around lakes, loon monitoring, and looking at the latest Minnesota United news, of which uh, there's a bunch of stuff about the Super Draft that we can talk about. But first, let's talk about our broadcasting, which is actually really, real breaking news. We have... An announcement just this morning that confirmed basically all the rumors we'd already heard, which was Kindra Saint, sorry, Kindra D Saint Aubin, who has all of the prefixes on the last name that you can think of, uh, is going to be in the booth as the uh, color commentator, and we've got Jamie Watson on the sidelines, and then there's news actually that we didn't have as of the last episode on our play-by-play guy. Yeah, our play-by-play guy is Callum Williams. Um, has done some stuff over in England with uh, Premier League. Sky um, Sports, BT. Sky, yeah. um, good announcer. Great announcer. Um, I'm surprised that we got him. Yeah. Honestly, in Minnesota, he's... There was a clip posted. I don't know if it was by e Plugus Lunum or Minnesota United or, uh, or uh, 55-1, but he's a really good announcer. Yeah, and his- in the press release... He was like staring into my soul and like, oh, he said, yeah, he, he was, he's yeah. a handsome, he's very gentleman. handsome gentleman, <laughs> handsome he's, British gentleman. He also did uh, some work for SKC. So he's done MLS stuff before. And I am super excited about this team. I think um, Kendra in particular, you know, for, we said former Gopher women's soccer player, the only woman in the MLS commentating booth at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a a blend of pretty much everything you want someone with Callum Williams having British voice yeah British voice (laughs) that's a giant plus that's a giant plus Uh, I'm sorry but the Brits are just that much better but you also have you know you have the local angle with Kendra de St. Aubin who also has experience calling international games and then you have a just out of the game experienced player in Jamie Watson who is somewhat of a local hero, especially with his time on the power trip. Um, I think it's a great mix, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Absolutely. I just just don't know where they're going to do it, because they didn't announce any of that information yet. (laughs) What we do know is that there are going to be eight nationally broadcast games, and Caleb knows exactly how many are going to be in each network. There'll be three on Fox Sports 1 and five on ESPN Family Networks, either ESPN or ESPN 2. 
Thank you. Uh, another quick news bullet is that Ben Spees has officially left Minnesota United. Boo, sad times. <laughs> also leaving Minnesota United, Giuliano Vitincini has left, and uh, Damian Lowe, even though he left before back to his parents club, Seattle, has moved from Seattle to Tampa Bay. Good. I'm kind of glad we didn't sign Damian Lowe. Uh, I think there were a lot of people who were really high on the guy, but I never thought he was the kind of quality that we needed. And it always pissed me off that whenever even... When Minnesota lost, he would be tweeting about how happy he was at the Sounders one, which is like, sure, I get it that it's your home club, dude, but I don't want to get back home like late Saturday night from like a thrashing or like watching us lose on TV and watch you like tweet about how happy you are that the Sounders won. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so we do have super draft players that we did pick, and we mentioned Abu Danilati. What do you guys think? Everyone and their mother thought like, yeah, we're going to get Ebobisi. Uh And then the pick came around, and it's... Abu Dalali, who apparently we knew that we were going, that the team knew that we were going to sign him from like Wednesday before the super draft. So, yeah, thanks for telegraphing that to us, guys. Um, <laughs> so, Dalali, I actually do think is a better both current player and prospect than Ababasi or however the heck you say it. We can forget it at this point. Um, it, as as far as Dunlady goes, um, eighteen goals and eighteen assists in forty two games uh, over three seasons at UCLA. Um, it, Injury off, problems, yeah, oft injured in the twenty sixteen season. It seems a lot of it was basically just having to play back to back days. I'm just imagining you the first time you, you like read an email or like saw a tweet from me or something like Nacha, however the heck you say it, like. <laughs> <laughs> Knock. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, so there's not. There's a little bit of concern that he's injury prone. That kind of took away his luster coming into the draft. Um, but it seems as a lot of it he feels is going to be ironed out. But the fact that he's going to be working with professional physios, going to be you know not playing. A Friday game followed by a Sunday game and then having to take a bus home afterwards. Things like that are probably going to help his career out. Um, he's also a product of the Right to Dream Academy of Ghana. Um, personally, I don't think that you should let your dreams be dreams, but apparently you have a right to dream regardless. Just do it. Just, Just do, do it. it. He's also a Datorade High School Player of the Year 2013-2014 also along with... Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, who is was in Timberwolves, yeah, number one draft pick overall, yeah. Literally. So they know it's each other already. It does. Thanks for that. It helps your stuff. hamstrings from uh-huh. straining. Um, uh, round two, we picked Alec Farrell, who's a goalkeeper. Oh my god, we can actually feel the proper team of eleven now. Not <laughs> quite yet because wait, wait, he why? he's injured and <laughs> is going to be out is. until <laughs> March at least. Well, um, our first game is in March. You didn't play our first game in a cast yeah, or whatever. There we go. There uh, we go. Really but quick. This top guy's... prospect. Yeah. Top goal team prospect in the draft. Best yeah. keeper probably at the college level. Yeah? Yeah. Definitely. Um, the team then traded down with their 25th pick. Um, they got some future gam to... Um, trade with philadelphia i didn't know by the way this was my first draft ever of any sport like and, and i didn't know you could like time out the draft it was like all these weird I, stuff that mls is really the only draft that? you didn't take a timeout during 
early. No, I I think you can do timeouts in the NFL draft. Actually. Someone no. will tweet us. Hey, so you know, no, honestly, guys, someone will tweet us with the like correct information. So yeah, yeah. Right. Didn't we have a correction that we need to do this we'll get week? Get to that later. Okay, okay. fine. Okay. We'll do that. So but, in any case, um, they traded down to the forty second pick and got Thomas Divalardi, a French uh, midfielder went to the University of Delaware that literally nobody had ever heard of. But he won't take up an international spot on the roster. Apparently. All right. And uh, finally, on the phone round, uh, phone a friend of the Super Draft, they picked uh, the older brother of former Wisconsin governor, Tommy Thompson, named Tanner Thompson, who comes from Indiana University. <laughs> Bold move because has... Tommy Thompson's old. Real old. <laughs> so Tanner's even older. It's crazy. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Tanner Thompson, uh, first team All-American in 2016, Big Ten midfielder of the year. Um, I think surprising that he slipped this far, honestly. I, and, you know, even after watching some of D. Velarde's, uh Highlights. I gotta say, we picked four really solid guys in this draft. I, I I come away thinking that these are all decent picks. I'm not kind of scratching my head about any of them. When we have Amos McGee on our coaching staff, I trust all of our picks and who we picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, he tends to find guys that can either immediately impact or uh, slip through the cracks and then immediately impact Minnesota. <laughs> Speaking of cracks, there's cracks in pyramids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's made like an Egyptian and done on the pyramid of U.S. soccer. That yep. is an amazing segue. That is even better than me saying loon monitoring. <laughs> right. Yeah, this Thank segment you. is Thank called the uh, Pyramid Scheme. And within this segment, we talk about the lower leagues of U.S. soccer, as Caleb just said. What's our first bit of news? So um, the intrepid generic drug and slash or NASL reporter Bob Williams um, got some comments from Miami FC's owner, Ricardo Silva, that basically made it seem as though there's going to be some sort of financial cooperation to make sure that teams aren't spending way above their means in NASL this year, which is kind of weird coming from Ricardo Silva. I was going to say, this is like Donald Trump coming up to us and be like, guys, we need to have anti-bullying measures on Twitter. Like, this this Twitter t- abuse is getting a little too much, guys. Sorry, yeah, keep this, this is not a politics spot. Um, so, along with that, apparently, they're looking to have a Division Two championship between the winners of both NASL and USL. Thoughts? USL had some thoughts that they put out into a very curt press release that... Uh, I love reading these press releases because it's always about what they don't say. And essentially what this didn't say, but heavily implied was fuck off. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, they basically said, we're just going to be working to make our league the strongest ever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they were politely yeah. declining. This the- is only beneficial for NASL, really. USL, I think, has kind of the high ground in D2. With, they have more teams with more stability. See, it's, it's just getting those... Teams that don't qualify for D two up to D two status. That's it's only if you're com- if you're if you're seeing this as a combative thing between b- between the two leagues. If you're seeing I this think, as from the fans' perspective, it's awesome to have well, yeah, this. Like it's, from the it's fans' perspective, opportunity. Yeah, awesome. It, but be, I think USL and NSL are still trying to battle each other for D two. Yeah, they're not, I mean, they're not totally. going to cooperate. Like let's have a giant hold your hands. Hold each other's hands, Tup, as we <laughs> have the USL champion play the NASL champion. I'm going to call it that now. The giant. Okay, no, I'm no, no. Stuff for the future. It, when we have two D2 champions, we're going to call it the giant hold your hands cup. No, no, no. We need to call it the hashtag he believes cup. God, what? <laughs> All right. 
<clears throat> let's keep going with, with news about NASL with Puerto Rico FC, who had a bit of a goof. Yeah, this is awkward. <clears throat> so um, apparently some sort of miscommunication or something or another uh, resulted in the Puerto Rican FA um, not actually securing a spot for their um, national champion to get a spot in the CFU club championship, which means that Puerto Rico FC, who were so excited to be going towards the CONCACAF Champions League, um, now might not be doing that. That's depressing. That's really sad. They were like the best team on the island, which, I mean, I was really looking forward to having them in the tournament. The other side is that some of these players actually came back well before preseason. You know, they stuck around to get the club this far, and now they're getting nothing yeah. for it. Oh, come on, come on! This is this is this is like those amateur art goofs. Yeah, hopefully something gets worked out. Apparently, um, the Puerto Rican FA is working with CFU for some sort of solution. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Demba and Eden Hazard, in the most like surreal, weird news of the week, uh, announced. Well, Demba did on Sirius XM FC that they're working together to get a NASL team to San Diego. That sounds I, like a great idea, guys. <laughs> I think I I don't picture Demba and Eden Hazard being friends in the first place, or even working together or anything. Um, I. Want them to put out a buddy cop movie before they put in this bid. Just start to see their chemistry <laughs> together and see if they can work together well, honestly. Uh, you know, I'd actually do that uh, with the profile pictures for Daryl Fordyce and Matt Boehner, who were both announced for FC Kansas City. <laughs> Wrong. FC Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Named after a Roman general. I just found out from listening to the History of Rome podcast. So. Hey, you finally listened to it. Yeah, I'm like seven episodes in. Really? Wow. Yeah, I'm so glad. Isn't it great? It is. It's a lot of fun. I listen to it while I work out. How did so. you have 40 hours to get seven episodes in? <laughs> <laughs> Each episode's like 15 minutes. It's super easy to get through. They, they okay. do get longer. They do get longer. But hey, uh, I will. I'll try to get that again. Uh, Daryl Fordyce and Matt Boehner were announced that they're joining FC Cincinnati, and they had their NASL profile pictures, which you had the FC Edmonton one for Fordyce and the Jacksonville Armada one for Boehner. And they're like the light side, dark side, as you put it so well in 55 Ones uh, News and Brief this morning. Yeah, of uh, Night Shield Republic, old Star Wars game, you could either become light side or dark side, and your character would reflect that. And Daryl Fordyce went the light side, while Matt Banner <laughs> obviously went the dark side. <laughs> Go check out these Watch pictures. out for his force lightning, guys. He's just... <laughs> would that be a yellow card or a red card? If he's out on the pitch. Just... This is like intent to injure, so I'm, I'm guessing red card. But yeah, like, that's if he, gotta be a red card. If the ref card. was like red card, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna force choke you. Yeah, Matt Banner is not to be messed with. This is Alasan Keda level uh, <laughs> injuring people. Um, with that, we should move on to our segment that we call the sewer, where we take on Ninja Turtles, uh, the U.S. Men's Ninja Turtles, the U.S. Women's Ninja Turtles, and in big news this week, uh, the dreams of many people are answered when Dom Dwyer announced that he's reportedly a month away from being able to apply for U.S. citizenship, and he's in talks with the USSF about joining our team well the ussf worked so quickly so i'm sure they'll just be done right away <laughs> announcement coming in seven to eight days <laughs> yes stay tuned <laughs> i mean 
everybody's seen this happen in football manager already like this yeah. probably happened yeah, he's always a u.s yeah national. yeah he becomes a u.s yeah. national in like one year for every single fm save i've ever seen so you know instead of doing a podcast on like actual soccer we should just do podcasts on your like football manager saves uh, by the way be the same i've got minnesota united first in the supporter shield in 2018 so far all right. So we have that. Manny Lagos, nice. you got, you know, the gauntlet has been thrown. Uh, yeah. Just pick up Scott Caldwell. He's a beast. Anyway. <laughs> um, so. You know, spe- he, they're going to sign him one of these days and we're going to be like, oh my God, Colin, what? How did, oh my God. I am an oracle. Um, so Does, speaking do you have of smoke coming out of your mouth that's supposedly coming from a crack in the ground going through your butt because that's what oracles <laughs> The Oracle of Delphi used to be that way. So, <laughs> it's side to your personality that I don't know. Moving on. Um, so, speaking of guys getting citizenship, um, Kikuta Mane. I thought you were going to be like, speaking of guys who have like smoke. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I might... haven't I haven't looked at Kakuta Mane that intensely, but is that maybe... part of the citizenship tests? <laughs> I'll let you guys know about it yours time. Yeah, I, I mean, if you can get smoke coming out of your butt and your mouth, <laughs> oh, no, coming in your... into your butt and out your mouth, <laughs> if you can do that, <laughs> then you are guaranteed U.S. citizenship. Anyway, so. <laughs> Kakunamane has officially become a U.S. citizen, and they're filing his paperwork to um, officially switch to uh, the United States. Uh, Stefan Fry, unfortunately, um, suffered a sprained ankle while he's still working on his citizenship. Um, he has been replaced in national team training by Brian Rowe. From, from, from the galaxy. <laughs> I think we did a This is me to Osaka. We'll see you after the break. <laughs> and welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Our new segment is next, and we're calling it Caleb's Excellent Adventure. This week we're going to talk about the Belgian First Division A. Uh, that's a, a new name for the division. It's uh, It was the Belgian Pro League, but they recently changed it this season. There's a few top teams in this league. There's three main top teams with two that kind of go up and down. Not from the lead, but in standings. Uh, big three are RSC Anderlecht, uh, Club Bruges, who Ethan Horvath recently moved to, and uh, Standard Liège. Uh, two teams that kind of can win championships here and there. Uh, are KAA Dent and KRC Denk. And then if, I, if I'm saying those wrong, I apologize to all of our Belgian listeners. <laughs> um, I've heard Genk and Ghent before okay. as teams yeah. that like, have some pretty good deals. Those two teams, uh, Dent and Denk, have won the lead, I think, once in the past decade. Uh, but Anderlecht, Bruges, and... Uh, Standard Liège have won the majority of championships for a while. Uh, the last team outside those five to win the championship was K. Lears SK. In <laughs> we're gonna have to practice these names the next time before yes. we like do these segments. <laughs> um, but they won in 96-97 season, and they're currently in the second division in Belgium. Um, the Belgian nat- called the uh, Belgian First Division B. The Belgian national team um, is 
currently going through a golden generation, even though they haven't been underperforming in recent tournaments. Um, golden generation is an influx of young, good players. It really started when Vincent Company uh, came up through the ranks. Um, and they're still getting some good young players, as we'll, as we'll touch on. I know at least for a little bit they were ranked top in the FIFA rankings. Or... Yeah. yeah, for a little bit, but that hasn't really translated to tournament success yet. Top players in this league in the Belgium First Division A. Uh, this first name we should be known to all FIFA and full manager players. Uh, Yuri Tielemans um, from Anderlecht. Solid midfielder, very physical, 19 years old, and just got his first senior cap for Belgium last November. Bjorn Engels, mm-hmm. another Belgian uh, 20-year-old center back for Club Bruges. Um, we'll be playing in front of Ethan Horvath in that squad. And Moses Simon, a striker from Dank, and a Nigerian international, played for the senior squad. In the senior squad, he has, I think, seven games and three goals for the Nigerian squad already. I think it was after a, like a disappointing Euros that Mark Wilmots finally uh, left the Belgian national team. And Roberto Martinez is yes, now the former head coach. Everton coach is now mm-hmm. coach for Belgium. It's interesting how they perform in in FIFA qualifiers and upcoming tournaments. Um, some former players come out of this league um, that I think people should know. Thibaut Courtois, a uh, goalkeeper for Chelsea, mm-hmm. came up with TRC Denk. Um, Axel Witzel, now in China, but formerly of Zenit St. Petersburg, and uh, also in Portugal somewhere too. Yeah, either Sporting. I believe he was at Sporting. Sporting. Uh, came up through with uh, Standard Liège. And uh, my least favorite player... Ramlu Lukaku uh, <laughs> came up with Anderlecht. Something else to mention is that the promotion and relegation structure in Belgium is kind of interesting. They have like a one down, one up system for their top. Uh, the first division is one down. The second division is one up, one down. And then the third division is one up, three down. So it's kind of it shows you that promotion and relegation around the world takes different forms. I think when people hear promotion and relegation, they associate it with the Premier League, yeah. where it's yeah. three up, three down, and that's not the way it is all over the world. Right. Yeah, and, and another thing is that they, I think they have some different kind of playoff systems for European places, for relegation places, things like that. So, you know, it it definitely isn't just what happens during league play from there you know they have a little bit more of a playoff system hey you know one place that has playoffs england in the championship for one thing hey uh, and i also just mentioned the premier league so let's let's go on to our weekly trip over to england to our pub and what's this week's pub called caleb this week we're going to the sterile citizen <laughs> oh, um <laughs> and completely unrelated notes man city lost four nothing to the blue side of mercy side fraud uh, Pep yeah. Fraudiola. Pep Fraudiola. Um, two teenagers scored for Everton. Fraud Guardiola lost. I, I think the first one was a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll stick with that one. Diminishing returns, man. <laughs> uh, Tom Davies, Everton, Wonderkind, uh, 18 years old, scored his first goal for the team. And Adam Lookman recently transferred from Charlton Athletic in League One, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 19 years old, scored for Everton as well in his first can you imagine your team's been doing poorly? You're a young kid, and you get brought on against one of the biggest teams uh, in in the league with one of the greatest managers in recent years uh, in, in world soccer, mm-hmm. 
and you score and you beat them, you thrash them four 0 I mean, Guardiola looked like a lost man out there. Like, like he he like he lost his memory and he just woke up in the stadium, being like, "Where am I? Why are all these people shouting?" I think the best part of it was all the pictures on Twitter of that that were captioned. The feeling when you realize Sporting Gijon is not your next opponent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, West Ham United beat Crystal Palace 3-0. And there was a question that was asked uh, in in a lot of English soccer following circles, which is, what's better, Andy Carroll's bicycle kick or the two scorpion kicks that we had recently seen from Giroud and Mkhitaryan? And most people said the scorpion kicks... I want to disagree and say it was actually the bicycle kick because it was something that A, Carol had been practicing. So it, it was something that he trained. It wasn't a luck-based thing. And it was just belted. I mean, this wasn't a bicycle kick that like kind of flopped its way over to the goal. He's a freaking cannonball the minute it left its le- his leg. And he's huge. Mm-hmm. He's not a dude who can pull off a bicycle kick like uh, gracefully uh, normally. So it was amazing to see this happen live. Typically, when you see a bicycle kick, it's just you lean back and you hope that the momentum is going to take your foot directly to where the ball is. Um, Carroll, on the other hand, it it was just pure brute force, which I don't want to say was better than Olivier Giroud's scoring kick, but it, it was pretty nice to watch. In some less pleasant news for West Ham United fans, Dimitri Payet is demanding to leave. On the Football Weekly podcast, actually, somebody made a great point, which is that teams, you know, all the time tell players, you know, you got to go. You're going to come to us now. Why shouldn't a player be able to tell his team the same thing? You know, I want to leave. And and apparently this has something to do with his family, too, who are unhappy. And And they're in Marseille, where he was transferred from to West Ham. Right. He's probably going to want to read. Reports have said he wants to return to Marseille. And someone actually went back, I think it was like 20 years back then. Uh, I think it was actually exactly 20 years in 1997 and found it a newspaper ar- article where Harry Redknapp was complaining about a certain West Ham player who was a club record signing at the time, agitating to want to leave the club. Uh, that one player back in 1997 was a Slavin Bilic. Uh, why does that name sound familiar? <laughs> right. Current West Ham United manager who had pretty much a word-for-word quote of what Harry Redknapp said about him. Uh, he said the same thing about Dimitri Payet. Uh, like, you know, this is a guy who should be happy. I don't know why he's leaving. You know, we, we'll, what can we do? And it, it, It's really, really funny if, if you see the two next to each other. Anyway, uh, Arsenal beat America's most hated EPL team 4-0 this past weekend. You know, what's funny is... It, the reason that everybody hates Swansea City is because they fired Bob Bradley. Um, I'm pretty sure that Bob Bradley's team had a, a 3-2 loss away to Arsenal in his first game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm really starting to think that he wasn't the problem there. What? <laughs> so you're saying that Swansea was just a really bad team in the first place? Yes. Yes, I am. What yes, a hot take. Just wait until next week when they prove us all wrong uh, by winning like 31-0. But uh, anyway, what <laughs> happened in this game, man? I, I'm particularly curious about your take about Alexis Sanchez's antics. So Alexis Sanchez was subbed off and immediately was sulking on the bench. Here's the thing. Anyone that knows Alexis Sanchez knows that he wants to play 90 minutes every single time he's out. 
even to the point where there are some Arsenal fans that believe that if he doesn't play a full 90, that he cramps up, he has some sort of injury as a result of it. He's no seriously. He is he is the type of guy who will play ninety minutes and then will run a ten k on the treadmill directly afterwards as it's cool down. So I'm thinking it's a lot more that um, he had some very conciliatory words to say about Arsene Wenger to ESPN FC later on the week. I think it's a whole lot of nothing, and I think it's just the fact that he is the Energizer Bunny. All right. Good to know. Uh, next game that we got to talk about actually isn't a game at all. It's Costagate 2017. Right. Uh, no, no lightning uh, sound no. cue right there. No. But a Diego bunch of Costa news. is not worth it anyway. So <laughs> uh, there was a bunch of news that came out about how Diego Costa hadn't been to training in three days because an offer from China has come in. It's gone to his head. He had a bust up with the training staff and Antonio Conte. He's going to leave. What happens now? Uh, this is a very accurate well, retelling. Hopefully, of he leaves. I'm yeah. reading this as a t- totally unbiased uh, Liverpool supporter that I hope Diego Costa leaves the EPL. I'm saying this as a totally unbiased Arsenal supporter. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Antonio Conte came out after their game over the weekend and said, "No, Diego Costa, it, that's not the story. He hurt his back and he hasn't been training because he's recovering." That was that's the official line. I happen to believe it. I think this was tabloid rumors gone wild, but uh, we'll we'll know only when we see if whether he actually leaves or not. Antonio Conte did have a gangbusters quote though, in a in a interview with Thierry Henry or Terry Henry, as I like to call him. Yeah, um, on the thought of one of his players not giving him a hundred percent effort, dead eye speaking into the camera, he said, "Quote: I prefer to kill him and play with twenty two players." Cold blooded. Cold blooded. Cross that man. Like, <laughs> I used to be more afraid of Jurgen Klopp being angry, but Antonio Conte, I legitimately think would kill me. I think he would. He's got that face. Yeah. he's got the face. He really. Jurgen does. Klopp would just hide you to death. Yeah, just hold you so close. I think Klopp has also got an ang- like when he's angry, his angry face scares the shit out of me. Oh, totally. Hey, you know who else has a face? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> who scored a, a late goal to tie up the Northwest Derby. Yeah. Um, his late goal uh, crossed out Milner's penalty. A penalty that was given because on a corner, Padba went up to clear the corner, but went kind of in a dab a little bit. His arms were out and his head was in his, you know, in the normal dab formation. We all do on time to time. Of course, we, all of us do that. Yeah, I know I do. And the ball hit his hand. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, it was perfect. And until we loved the last goal. But a draw at Old Trafford, I'm not too mad about. I've heard this game. I mean, the first time these guys met this season was one of the most boring matches I've heard. It was very boring. And this one was amazing. It was fun to watch. For a neutral, maybe even not for a Liverpool fan. It was fun to watch right up to the 84th minute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One thing that I think we're omitting from our discussion of Pogba dabbing, um, did you notice the the PP logo that he had in his (laughs) PP? Yeah. Um, Not only was it a very very fine logo for him, um, he had PP in his hair 
the exact color of PP <laughs> the same week that Donald Trump is about to be sworn in as president. Is he a Trump supporter? We'll never know. Let's ask him on Twitter. Hey, uh, Tottenham <laughs> beat Western Armage Albion 4 0. The notable thing here is that Harry Kane, Harry, scored a hat trick. Pretty cool. He's, I think, the uh, Tottenham player, the fastest Tottenham player to reach 60 goals. Speaking of Tottenham, their biggest fan and referee Mike Dean has moved down to the championship. He's been relegated to referee <laughs> the championship. Uh, poor guy. At the moment, yeah. I had a friend of mine talking to me today who told me, he pointed at the top six in the Premier League and just said, come on, guys. And I, I looked, took one look, and it's Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, Man United. This is a league that we can come back to it 200 years from now, and it's going to be these same six teams playing for the top six, man. Who needs promotion and relegation with this top six? <laughs> Uh, at the bottom, at the moment, we got a Hull City, Sunderland, and Swansea City. Uh, Crystal Palace is tied with Hull City at 16 points. Uh, it's goal differential that has Hull City down one. It's not looking good for uh, Swansea and Sunderland at all. I would say Hull is probably my pick to go down. Crystal Palace makes it uh, up. I'm going to go with Crystal Palace just because I want to see Hull City stay up for funsies <laughs> i have no good reason strong opinions right there i think honestly that david Moyes is going to spend some quality time in his dark room <laughs> come up with some way to get them out of this and maybe survive all right hey next we gotta move on to a segment we call they don't call it soccer in brackets some do though where we talk about soccer from parts of the world that we haven't already talked about and the first place that we should start is that uh Louis Van won't be working here anymore, has retired. Uh, Van Hal was 65 years old. You mean he has the gall to retire? <laughs> hey, uh, It's essentially... I, uh, I don't feel about that one. Events in, he said <laughs> events in his family have persuaded him to leave. Juventus has a new logo, which uh, it's two stylized J's, or it's one stylized J with some sort of crest. It's, it's very pattern. modern and... Yeah. I'm sure they'll change it another 10 years. I have to do it with their logo anyway, but... Yeah, they change it all the time. I have no... No great opinion on it. You're one of the few, because most people seem to think it's horrible. I'll get rid of it right now. I, for one, prefer the Minneapolis City idea of using <laughs> black and white juxtaposed with one another, so... So, essentially, they're just taking up after uh, Minneapolis City's... Uh, Logo. I I put on a Twitter poll actually, which fifty people actually voted, and thirty eight percent says the new Juve lo- logo is great looking. Eight percent say a necessary modernization. Twenty eight percent say it's okay, but the old one is better. And twenty six percent say it's terrible looking. So actually, most people think it looks great, which is, uh, well, it's got it's got the highest uh, individual total uh, out of the four options that I provided. So hey, cool. Uh, moving on, La Liga. Sevilla ended Real Madrid's unbeaten streak, and they actually played twice. And there's actually kind of a cool story with Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos came up through the Sevilla youth system in 19. He transferred to Real Madrid on a pretty big transfer, and the Sevilla fans haven't really let it go. Particularly their ultras who stand in one part of the stadium have been abusing him every single time he comes to the the stadium. And, and this is a direct quote from him: "All Sevilla supporters deserve my request, but those that bring up my mother don't." Okay, so when when they played midweek, Ramos scored a penalty. He actually 
uh, Skorpanenka, which some people thought was he was doing it purposefully because it was uh, right near those supporters who abuse him all the time. Decibel levels in the stadium reached 100 decibels while he was taking that penalty because of the amount of abuse being heaped on him. <laughs> and after he scores, he <clears throat> turns his back to those ultras that abuse him and takes his thumbs and points to the na- like kind of Damien Lowe style points to the... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo style. Oh, he does that too? That's where Damien Lowe got it from. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. so Jeramos obviously got it from Damien Lowe. I prefer to say it Damien Lowe style. There we go. And, and so he points to the the name on the back of his jersey while while pointing the name towards these ultras. And then he points to the parts of the stadium that he he's okay with, that where the ultras aren't. And then he claps saying, you know, I'm not abusing you guys. This is just for those idiots who shout at me. That second part didn't really get uh, picked up in the news the next no, day. It was definitely the insults. Yes. <laughs> and when they played on the weekend, the winning goal was from Sergio Ramos. Own for goal. Sevilla. Yeah. Um, he has, in a very morbid quote, talked about when the day he dies, two flags will be buried with him, the Real Madrid flag and the Sevilla flag. He still holds that club dear to his heart. Just, I think the ultras have yeah. other words for him. But he, I think when he did show respect to the rest of the crowd, he he meant it, even though it wasn't really received well. I got crowd. a little secret, guys. I love drama like this. It's <laughs> awesome. I think I think it's gonna it's kind of neat, and we'll talk about a little bit more of a bitter rivalry when we get to Serie A. But really quick, Barcelona and Messi are still haggling over the new contract. The one thing that happened this week was that a Barcelona executive decided to make the controversial suggestion that maybe Lionel Messi's teammates help him play better. Uh, you know that having Neymar, Suarez, Dani Alves, and all these other guys on the pitch helps Messi. Score more goals, play better. That that's, and this was controversial enough for the Barca guy got fired for for essentially suggesting that Messi is better for having better teammates uh, or having good teammates on on the pitch. La Liga's table is a three-way duke out for the title at the moment between Real Madrid, Sevilla, and Barca. With uh, Madrid, who were expected to run away with the title after beating Sevilla over the weekend, that didn't happen. They're within one point of each other at the moment at the top with Madrid having a game in hand. Barca are two points off the top. And Atletico are four points adrift from Barca. Yep. That's perhaps a bigger surprise, but... Yeah, I mean, this... this, this Sevilla being up there is one of the stories of uh, world football right now. And if, if they if this is an aberration or something that manages to, to kind of stick, the president over at Sevilla has said that he doesn't think it's going to stick, which is kind of, you know, he's playing down expectations, but... I'd be all for La Liga getting some more uh, parity. Yeah, that'd be very nice. That would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, Serie A, there's a great bicycle kick from Inter. Jason Murillo scored in their 3-2 win against Bologna. Go to YouTube, check it out. It's a beautiful goal. A uh, guy gets the ball right off a corner and just freaking bicycles it. It's no Andy Carroll, but <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, moving on to our next Big kind of drama story of they don't call it soccer. Uh, Fiorentina win versus Juve two to one. A rivalry that came from bitterness instead of location. That's the quote from Four Four Two magazine. Yeah, and uh, the essentially the Fiorentina people had a chip on their shoulder because every one from all the towns around them would support the big team, which is Juventus, except the people in Florence itself who supported Fiorentina. 
And there was a controversial Scudetto in the 80s where both teams, Fiorentina and Juventus, were tied on points. And Fiorentina had a goal disallowed, whereas an Irishman scored a penalty for Juventus in the other match going on and gave the title to Juventus, whereas uh, by winning the game, whereas Fiorentina could only draw. So this kind of engendered a little bit of bitterness. And then Roberto Baggio, who is, again, you know, I, I talked a couple of episodes about my first few memories in life being the 1990 World Cup. One of the distinct ones is Roberto Baggio missing his penalty. Uh, go watch this on YouTube. It's like one of those like moments of World Cup soccer. It's like, oh my God. Uh, anyway, Baggio was a star. He played for Fiorentina between 85 and 90 and was transferred to Juventus. Yeah. And there were riots on the street. Like they, they barricaded the uh, Fiorentina headquarters for three straight days. 50 people were injured. Like this is how much people got angry with, with Baggio being given over to Juventus. And then the the game when they next played each other in 1991, Baggio is asked to take a penalty and he doesn't. He says that the goalkeeper knows him too well. So he, he refuses to. And then when he's subbed off later, someone throws him a Fiorentina scarf and he actually like takes it. When he refused to take the penalty, his teammate t- took it and missed, leading to Fiorentina beating Juve. This is a huge controversy for them. So so this is like, well, you know, on, on the Fiorentina calendar, the Juventus game is circled in red. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they actually won this, this weekend. It was 2-1 to Fiorentina. Good for them. Yeah. Serie A standings a lot closer than I thought they would be. Uh, Juve is on top, but Roma is right behind them, one point behind them. Uh, Napoli, Lazio, and Mil- AC Milan round out the top five. Juve does have a game in hand, as does AC Milan. Um, moving on to the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich has uh, bought up two of the best players from the undefeated side, Hoffenheim. Um, I, honestly, I had totally forgotten that Hoffenheim were undefeated, but um, they did pick up uh, Nicolas Sule and Sebastian Rudi, um, who will transfer to the Bavarian Giants in July. Both of them German internationals who made their debuts for the senior squad. Yeah, uh, thoughts. Sula, twenty-one-year-old uh, center back, tall, strong, gonna be a, a great center back for the German national team in the future and f- for Bayern already. Hoffenheim undefeated, um, ten draws out of sixteen games, but still zero losses. Um, their manager, uh, Julian or Julian Nagelsmann. This is one that you have to look at to read. Yeah, Nagelsmann. What was your what's your quote? What the heck? Whatever the heck. It <laughs> whatever is. you say. Julian, what the hell is his name? Who cares? He's only twenty nine years old and has been dubbed the Mini Mourinho. Does he pick up phones at press conferences like Mourinho did this week? I, I have no I idea. I hope not. Hope so. Yeah, reporter so? who was. Uh, who I was, hope so. Like. <laughs> A reporter who was recording the Jose Mourinho post-match interview at Manchester United, uh, his phone rang. <laughs> and Mourinho answered it. I mean, <laughs> as, as a Trivia Mafia host, I keep threatening every single week that if somebody is looking up an answer on Google, I'm going to grab their phone during the next question break and call whatever their mom, dad, husband, whatever... I'm going uh-huh. to call them and embarrass them in front of everybody around. Did you know that your son cheats at <laughs> Trivia Mafia? Did you know? Yeah, you're not welcome at the house anymore, Joe. Sorry. Your mom says so. Here, speak to her. 
yeah. essentially how I no, see seriously, it. No, seriously, like, I, I'm sure that it would make them embarrassed, and I would just laugh my ass off. <laughs> so, in, in any case, the Bundesliga, um, Bayern Munich, uh, top of the league on 39 points. Um, RB Leipzig still are in second place, and Hertha Berlin are uh, right behind them, although not necessarily right behind their six points back. And with that, we should go to our final segment, which is called the Reynolds Wrap-Up, where we put on our tinfoil hats and let Colin make sense of a conspiracy theory that everybody in the soccer world has been thinking about already. So I think it's been very widely questioned on Minnesota United Twitter as to why the team did not take Jeremy Abobasi. Um He certainly has a very active social media account. I started to think about this and I realized, wait a minute, Damlati kind of sounds like something. It, well, it has a lot it of the like? same. It has the same letters as Donald. Like if you just change one of those A's into an O, which is fairly easy to do, if you just take away the little serif, all of a sudden you've got Donaldy. <laughs> What, what what is happening? I'm fairly certain that Minnesota United was so concerned about Jeremy Obabasi's Twitter account that they just went full 180 the other way and decided to go with Abu Dhabi instead. I'm not saying it might have something to do with his, you know, the fact that he's a super talented player. Maybe, but maybe, but. Wake up, Notch. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Bobbacy, I will say, though, is one of my, still one of my favorite Twitter follows, and I hope yeah, we definitely bring him over to Minnesota United. That, that first game of the season is going to be hella awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the Reynolds wrap-up with Colin. With that, we should end this week's episode. I am on Twitter, at TWUnitedFans. Where can the good people find you on Twitter, guys? I'm at K Olson seven sixteen. I also write on fifty five one. I do Tuesday news and briefs, and you can find me at the attachment. Occasionally doing threads, thanking Obama. There you go, and you can find this podcast on fifty five dot one. Of course, you can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play Podcast. We do appreciate you rating us on iTunes, and we always, always, always appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast as well. With that huge yawn that you can hear Caleb making in the background, we will bid you adieu and good night. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> safe. And have a great rest of your week, everybody. See ya. I'm so sorry.